Welcome back to the Make Sure Your Friends Are Okay podcast. I'm your host, Lacey O'Malley, and in this episode, Justin and I sit down with our new best friend, Alexander23. We talk about healing through creativity, the importance of emotions, and not taking on the weight of the world. I have a feeling that after this episode is over, you'll find yourself saying, dang, I also want to be best friends with Alexander23. <laughs> Enjoy! Just a little reminder, follow us on social media at Make Sure Your Friends Are Okay for the inside scoop on all things MizzyFowl. Make sure to check out fanjoy.co slash That's M-S-Y-F-A-O for our latest merch drops. Rock on! One thing that we were loving when we were looking you up is that you do like everything. You're writing, you're singing, you're producing. I mean, what else? You do a lot. Yeah, I mean, most of my music, I just make completely alone. And I like kind of don't like telling people that because mm -hmm. I don't want it to like come off as like braggadocious or like yeah. gregarious, gregarious. That's a word that I don't actually know the definition of, but I just kind of <laughs> use pretty, sentences. Maybe the first time I've heard that word in a sentence. It could be wrong, but I feel very <laughs> gregarious when I talk about it. Um, <laughs> because, well, it, it was never about doing it all by myself. It was never mm -hmm. about like that. It was more, uh, I didn't want to have to rely on people Ugh. and okay. I knew that I could if I worked hard enough kind of gain the skill sets to mm -hmm. like be able to be self-sufficient mm -hmm. um and then that just kind of became my process and it got more and more narrow to the point where now sometimes I actually struggle to um collaborate with people because I'm so used to just like wow. being like the executive of my own creative process wow so it was never like that was never the intention it just kind of turned into that yeah it was super natural um I mean, like, there's obviously, like, kind of, like, some ancillary reasons mm -hmm. why um, I I still love to do it. And I've always loved kind of, like, working with other people on their art mm -hmm. and stuff. And so, like, to uh, add value to someone else's, like, art and journey and vision is something that I, you know, take great pride in mm -hmm. and, and really love to do. So um, it was also a way to kind of be able to collaborate with other people. Do you wow. have a hard time asking for help? Like, oh, yeah. Like, in your life? Um. <laughs> Not Justin's music, going I, in there. I, 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 actually, yes, I think definitely, um, because I'm super, I'm super pragmatic, and yeah. like I, I just try and like reason out everything. Mm -hmm. And there are, as you guys, I assume know, a lot of things you can't reason out because mm -hmm. they're unreasonable. Right. And so, yeah. um, those are the things I kind of get caught up on often. Yeah, I think that's one thing about the creative process, no matter what you're doing creatively, is like the difference between collaboration. Collaboration can be really great sometimes, but sometimes if you have a vision in your head that's so strong and you want to do it your way and you don't want to have to ask people for help or you feel like – because with, with creating, especially in like the bigger markets – you have to rely on connections and like people's availability. And there's just so many moving parts. And mm -hmm. sometimes it probably is easier to just take things into your own hands. Totally. And I think, but I, I think you can take those uh, lessons and apply them to collaboration. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it with some, you know, sometimes like in the room with someone who's like super established and incredibly good, clearly, mm -hmm. and they'll say nothing. And I think knowing when to just let someone do their thing and just yeah. go through it and get to the end by themselves is 
can be the most fruitful form of collaboration as well. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes with creation too, like if you aren't confident enough in like what you bring to the table, you tend to like over exert yourself in a room like that. So like somebody who is well established and kind of knows what they're doing probably is more comfortable in their silence than somebody who is uncomfortable in their silence because they have like a little bit of, you know, I don't know if I'm actually doing anything of value. Yeah, certainly they they have nothing left to prove. You know, they're kind of, if your resume speaks for itself, you can kind of have a more, um, objective participation and whatever's going on. Right. Well, the other thing that's cool about that from my perspective is when you are collaborating now, you have the skills of the producing, the songwriting, all these things you now know and you know what goes into it. So you can have a different appreciation and understanding of like how to best collaborate um, so that it's efficient for everyone. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, and I so enjoy doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, I can't really have one without the other. Oh, um, yeah. I need to be doing my own stuff primarily by myself. And I also need to be that co-captain for someone because mm-hmm. I know how important my art is to me. So if I project that onto whoever I'm working with, um, like to be able to be their co-captain and just like kind of help them along just a bit of a, like, a catalyst of a steroid, mm-hmm. like that means the world to me, you know? Yeah, that's kind of synonymous for life in a sense, mm-hmm. if you think about it, right? Like we do need time alone for ourselves and we also need that human interaction yeah because it's i mean we can't it's it's like one end or the other end isn't sustainable Mm -hmm. 100 percent, and i think that balance is different for for everyone for Mm -hmm. sure as well so with your one thing that i like i'm just i love your music videos are so creative i I literally was watching them multiple times before we sat down because i was like oh let's like dig into this stuff right and the I don't know you yet music video. It's so simple and um, but it, it's so simple, but tells such a story and it's so creative. And um, I think that how simple it is, is like the most beautiful thing about it. So, thank you. Of course. Of all. Um, yeah, I think music videos are so fun for me um, because I, I, I am super hands on. But then mm-hmm. kind of another part of me thinks of them in kind of the same ways I consume like movies or tv shows where Mm -hmm. like it still is magical to me like music i feel like i've seen under the hood too much sometimes where i'll listen to a song and i know what's going on i know too much i know how Mm -hmm. they did it you know it it lost a little bit of that charm yeah but i think music videos for me are an art form that i can't do by myself Mm -hmm. i don't understand enough so it's so fun to it's it's a fun choice spot where i get to collaborate in like a much less stressful way yeah so do you come up with any of the concepts yeah, so a lot, a lot of the times I'll come up with the concept and stuff mm-hmm. and ideas for the shots and stuff. But once we get into it, like, I can't speak, like, DP. You yeah. Know, like, right. I can't speak director. Yeah. You know? Um, and I and I don't want to. At least right now, I, mm-hmm. I would love to get into filmmaking at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. But at least right now, like, that magic is so important to me. It's such a nice yeah. little separation and stuff. And I'm also in a place where, like, I've been so fortunate to work with so many talented people mm-hmm. um, who can kind of, like, be the intimate to my yang where I can just abstractly throw out ideas and they can like actually determine what is possible and the best way to actually do, you yeah. know, execute it. Do you feel like music videos are like, I feel like what I've heard in like the last couple of years that music videos are sort of like a dying form. Yeah. I, well, first of all, I do a hundred percent. And, and to be totally honest, like every time I have a song, I question whether I want to do a music oh, video really? and, I, and, and, um, and I end up doing it almost out of like, I can't help myself. Like, yeah. you know, but because like, you like the creative process. Yeah, but it, like, yeah. it feels like you post it. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about it for, you know, 
three hours yeah. and then it's over. It's not like a song. It doesn't have the shelf life of, of a song yeah. for whatever reason. I mean, I know the reason people aren't consuming them the way they used to. Like I used to run into my family room when I woke up on a Saturday, turn on 472 MTV music videos and just watch music videos oh, for yeah. three hours yeah. straight. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. people don't do that anymore. You know, sometimes I'll see, you know, like even like a friend, I'm ashamed to say this, but a friend will post like an Instagram like trailer of their music video, like the first 30 seconds. And be like out now, and I'll be like, I already saw it, man. I know. I, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. it's crazy, and that's a terrible way to feel. But that's just kind of the reality. So for me, as an, as a music artist, I'm trying to now figure out, okay, what's the next wave of you know, if people are consuming it this way, what's the best way to to make an art form that mm-hmm. also complements the way people are going to watch it? Because I think people yeah. are kind of stuck in the old ways. But- yeah, it's going to be interesting to see like what happens next as far as like video consumption goes, because I think like. Someone like me, like I'm 27, I'm uh, like maybe three years too old for like the YouTube generation mm-hmm. to like really understand like mm-hmm. that people make an active choice to put on a YouTube video instead of a TV show. And like that to me is like, mm-hmm. uh, what do you mean? Like you guys are just yeah. watching. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally. kind of right there with you. No, I, feel, I feel like content in general, we're seeing like this, this crazy like divergence where it's like, I feel like the prime length used to be like mm-hmm. three to 15 minutes yeah and mm-hmm. now it's like either it's a podcast that's an hour or it's a tiktok that's 15 seconds exactly totally. like we're seeing such a boom in like long form which is so like heartening and stuff mm-hmm. and then we're also seeing like the shortest possible lowest hanging fruit form of like of uh digesting media. yeah yeah what i've noticed tell me if you guys agree but i feel like when it comes to things that are audio right when when it comes to like music podcast stuff like that people have more of an attention span because I think we're a multitasking world now. Mm, so they can totally. have music on or they can have a podcast on and drive or clean their house or whatever. Whereas like with a music video where you would be paying attention to it or TV or film or whatever. I mean, now there are things like Quibi and TikTok and stuff. So people are no longer having the attention span, like you were saying, for a, like, even a three to five minute video. Totally. That's Whereas, a great point. Yeah. And like in the yeah. past when, I mean, I was like you, I was the kid who would wake up before school and turn on VH1 or turn on MTV. I mean, where I'm from, VH1, MTV and CMT were like, you know, the three channels in a row. Wow. So mm-hmm. I would just Dang. go between them. I remember, yeah. I remember there was always like, sometimes there'd be kid rock on each of them. Yeah. I'd be like, that's I funny. can't escape this song. Wow, that's <laughs> you, guys ever, you guys have Fuse? Did you ever watch Fuse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fuse was I don't tight. think I had Fuse. I don't, yeah. I don't Fuse no. was tight because after school you got the pop punk band. So like Fall Out Boy oh, videos. Like, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, first of all, Fuse forever. Yeah. Uh, second <laughs> of all, thing, I don't know. Uh, I think it's an enormous problem. This is kind of a, a little bit of a tangent, but certainly mm-hmm. related. I think, um, that what made that so special and i think why people are so nostalgic about it whether they realize it or not is the kind of like lack of autonomy over what you're Mm -hmm. consuming can be sometimes so great i think we're just like getting more and more narrow in our taste and being fed things that we are of course gonna like because we Mm -hmm. like something that was so similar and stuff and there was something about flipping on the you know cable Mm -hmm. and like your favorite show is not on okay i still want to watch tv what am i gonna watch and like you would discover something new that maybe you never you know the youtube algorithm would never have fed to you because it doesn't actually have to do with you know the john mayer guitar video i just watched you know like something completely new i love that because that is true because that's a thing right now right everything is curated to to us. So it's all the algorithm. Whereas like on TV, on cable, it was not. It was just, you got what was on, you got what music video was on. So you were seeing new music videos, you were seeing new artists in that way. And it wasn't just like, oh, this is something you might like. 
which is totally. great in so many ways, but in other ways, it's such a bummer. I, I think, again, it's just about balance. Yeah. yeah. I work in software in my day job, and so, like, the algorithm and tightening the algorithm <laughs> to me is fucking so sick. Like, yeah. I think it's incredible. <laughs> well, there's an art form to that, too. <laughs> yeah, of totally. course. And that doesn't mean that there's not a place for that. Like, I am a tech junkie for sure. My yeah. brother works in software. Or, like, I, I love that stuff mm-hmm. from, like, an anecdotal level. Yeah. Like, it's super sophisticated yeah. and interesting. But, like, when I'm in the car, you know, I try to listen to the radio. That's what I, I do. Crave I crave that as just well. like, and like, it's funny, like when Spotify and Apple Music first started booming, I was like, well, what's going to happen to Pandora? And mm. I think then the other side of me is like, oh, wait, some people don't want that like super controlled way of yeah. like, yeah. you know, obviously they're getting more algorithmic and playlisting as well. But like, um, yeah, there's something so special about not choosing. I think sometimes. totally. I think well, I'm, I'm a similar, I like to have the radio on when I'm in the car. But another thing I like to do if I'm at home, I'll do like pick an artist that I like or someone that I have recently discovered and do the whole um, go to artist radio or go oh, to great. song radio yeah. and then see what comes up. Because I I love discovering new new songs and new musician, new musicians and stuff. And I feel like unless you're really actively trying and you're listening to like your new music and like your weekly playlists and stuff, it is not as easy to find. Well, I I, like give full credit to like iTunes basically when iTunes came out. That's the only reason why I started really loving the music that I started to love because like I grew up, like I really loved um, like pop punk bands like We The Kings and Mm -hmm. like The Academy Is and like those all time low. Like, and the only way I found out who the next band was, because this is like pre-YouTube, but Mm -hmm. like at the very beginning of iTunes, you still had related artists. So you preview a bunch of songs because it's tight. What's the next related one? Like you could just keep going, Mm -hmm. keep going and find all these bands. And so there's something really nice about that. Definitely. I think, yeah, like I was saying, I think it's just a balance. And I think we're kind of like veering towards one end of the spectrum and i'm curious to see what's like you know like i think with anything it's just a pendulum yeah, you know, like yeah. once they you know it's available people of course are going to target you know people with things that they mm-hmm. are going to like yeah, but totally. i think with anything you know at least i'm hoping in the next 10 years it starts to swing back and find kind of a happy medium yeah. i agree because i think music kind of like you were saying music videos are a dying art and i think that to me i love music videos i love in a similar way, I know this sounds funny because commercials, most people can't stand them. But like, I love that you can tell a story in such a short amount of time with a commercial. Totally. Depending on, I mean, some commercials are much better than others, you know. But with a music video, you're telling, it's kind of like a short film to me. So it's it's filmmaking in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so cool because you're giving a visual to this song and and in so many times it can like evoke different emotions or make you see things in a different way and so I go through phases of really going into music videos and I think again when we were looking you up to to bring you in um I it reminded me of like why I love music videos and you you do a good job of uh I, I think a lot of artists just are trying to depict the exact words of what's happening mm-hmm. or it's all about like the flashy flashy, but you have like an indie filmmaking style to your music videos. That is just, that's so cool. Like your, your Mars music video. It's just so. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That yeah. was fun. I think, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy you said that and I'm happy that comes across because it's so important to me mm-hmm. to kind of give the song a new dimension with music. If I'm going to do a music video, I want it to say something else. I want it mm-hmm. to. Oh, cool. Because I feel like, you know, I, I spend so much time on these songs. Like mm-hmm. I like live and breathe these songs and I and I try as hard as I possibly can to make them perfect. Mm-hmm. And 
So when I'm done with the song, I feel like I've said all I need to say about mm-hmm. that and stuff. So for me to then go and just like portray that is kind of not doing the song justice. Like right. I'd rather yeah. like say something else, give it like a, a new life, you know, flip it inside out and be like, you totally. know, what else can we do here? Yeah. And you, ha- you with your songs, I feel like a lot of them are about very deep things. And then the but the uh, vibe of the song is is very happy. It's almost unless you're really paying attention uh, you can misinterpret like the vibe of what the actual lyrics are. So that's another cool thing about the music videos. Uh, you have this fun beat, but you're kind of still telling the story. Yeah, totally. Well, thank cool. you. Yeah. I mean, for me, like my favorite music is music you can listen to in two ways. Music mm-hmm. you can listen to in the dark in headphones by yourself and music that can be on socially and still make sense yeah. and stuff. So I I definitely try and convey you know, those two methods in, mm-hmm. in my music. So once again, I'm happy that is okay. across. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's like the nicest, Mission one of the nicest things you can say to me for sure. That's um, great. But yeah. So um, when it comes to like, because you've talked a lot about collaboration and, and working with other artists, what is the difference for you between writing your own stuff and like collaborating with another artist? What is that difference for you? Um, Writing my own stuff can be, well, writing my, like, for me, like, I can't imagine not writing music. Like, it is 98% of how I deal with my emotions. Like, mm-hmm. it is so cathartic. Yeah. It is, like, that is, like, so, it's so, like, sacred to me in, in such mm-hmm. a way that, like, nothing else is. Like, mm-hmm. it is, like, one of the great, like, loves and relationships of my life, you know, is music and making music specifically. Yeah. Um, And when I'm collaborating with someone else, like, at least I hope that's their relationship with it. Mm-hmm. So I get to kind of just like, what's the best way to say this? This is not the best way, but like I get to kind of like hold them in the palm of my hands and mm-hmm. like be these outer barriers of just like, you know, you know, like taste making and mm-hmm. playing instruments and songwriting help when they need it and stuff like that. But I don't have to be in the hands living and breathing this thing, which for, is, oh, which is really a, nice. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but for like for someone who cares so deeply about what you're creating, how do you decide between what's for you and what's for somebody else oh that's a really well, good, I, just, that's a good question I, I think the best part is that i don't really get to decide okay you know like i feel it when it's for me yeah and when it when it's for someone else like i want them to have that relationship mm-hmm. with it and i want to do anything i can to be like the best co-pilot yeah. whether that means mm-hmm. not saying anything or whether that means like writing the course you know yeah. in my you know in my words, for something that they could, you know, believably say. Mm-hmm. Do you have any songs, um, since you said that, like, songwriting is one of the ways you deal with your emotions in your life, do you have moments where you write a song that you're like, this was for me, not for, this isn't something I want to release because this was for me? Oh, so something I haven't released. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Or just, like, um, moments where you you sit and write and, and you keep that for yourself. Maybe one or two but i think i have developed uh, over years and years but developed kind of a healthy you know at least my definition of healthy relationship with writing music where like the songwriting part is the sacred part that's the cathartic Mm -hmm. part that's the emotional part when it's done i want to use it to help and connect with as many people as possible that's a great answer yeah um after it's done, it's a commodity. And I think that word has a negative connotation. But for me, it's not, you know, after it's done, it's it's a tool. It's a weapon that I can use to help heal people and bring people together and stuff. So um, I don't think so. At least I, none yeah. that come to mind. I love that. I love that you, you're able to take 
your life experiences and help other people with that and and help you deal with your emotions while helping other people deal with emotions. We were totally. talking about this earlier, just about like how important emotions are for humans. Um, mm -hmm. I'd be curious, like in, from your perspective, what do you think? Why do you think emotions are so useful to us and like to just the human race in general? Well, I think it's, it's part of kind of what separates us from any other animals are, uh, you know, abilities to communicate how we feel about things, mm -hmm. you know, super successfully, whether it's with language or body language or anything like that. Um, why do I think emotions are so? I, I mean, think, that's even a great answer right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think they're, they're the only thing that matters. I mean, that mm -hmm. sounds kind of like blunt and like maybe exaggerating a little bit, but like if the way, you know, the way you feel about things determines your experience on earth. So it's like, we might as well do the best we can to communicate those properly and help mm -hmm. people when they're feeling not so good. Yeah. yeah. But I think there's also kind of a bad connotation about not feeling good. If you never felt bad, how would you contextualize feeling good? Totally. You know, like, I know what good feels like only because I know what bad feels I think like. You yeah. said that the other day, I think. Yeah. I so I had these, um, I worked with a life coach after my mom passed away to try to like understand how I wasn't grieving, right? I was just trying to like be positive and pretend like things didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And they explained it to me that emotions arise in a, in a binary, meaning that like you can't know good without bad. You can't know pain without like love. You don't know hurt without like everything has its opposite and you totally. could never know the definition of love or the definition of hate or whatever it is without knowing the feeling of the opposite of it. And so we're really robbing ourselves of the human condition. We're robbing ourselves of happiness by not feeling sadness. And we're robbing, like we're robbing ourselves from not allowing ourselves to feel whatever it is because it's the byline for everything else. A hundred percent. Yeah. If I'm going to be here for, you know, you know, hopefully 123 years, but <laughs> however long, like, I want to get everything out of it. I want to feel yeah. everything. I want to do everything, you mm -hmm. know, so. Yeah. And I you. think that. But I think, sorry to cut you no, off. You're but good. Like, Go that, ahead. Yeah. I mean, like, first of all, I can't imagine going through that, but I think Thanks. that is such a important perspective to keep or else, I, you know, I would mm -hmm. assume it would be. And yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's, um, kind of like you were saying too, being able to like have your your pain uh, help other people. If we don't go through something in a healthy way and allow ourselves to like actually feel it, not only are we not helping ourselves, but we're really doing like the world a disjustice, an injustice from being able to like share that perspective and that relationship you had with this moment or this thing in your life that could help somebody else too. So Totally, totally. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's a crazy example, but like, <laughs> I feel like the way I try to think of the bad stuff in my life or at least kind of the hurtful or painful stuff is like um, these are like plastic cups and I can either throw them in the street or I can put them in the recycling and they can become something useful to someone else. Oh, that's Whoa. really and good. So oh, wow. I do my best to, you know, as an artist, you know. Mm -hmm recycle all my bad feelings because maybe they were oh, bad for me so but good. that doesn't mean they can't be you know a mask for someone else mm -hmm. you know yeah wow wow you have i like need a second to recover from that because that <laughs> is seriously like i don't know there are these lessons that you learn in life from people from conversations which is what i love about this podcast so much totally. too i get to talk to people and they make me think about things in ways that i would have never thought of it and there are things that you people say or you read or whatever that stick with you forever. And I feel like that's definitely, I think, going to be one. Tight. And it's also something that's not 
only related to like your creative process of like making music out totally. of it. Like it could it's be applied everything. to everything. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Music is just my mechanism. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of times as humans, we, we just have different names for things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think you see it a lot. Not to get like too big and crazy here, but with God, I think people call God different things, totally. you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think um, sometimes that can be such a barrier, you know, not allowing people to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. yeah, especially because yeah. you're when you assign a word to it, it like gives it a definition. Whereas totally. like if you didn't assign a word to it and we just described it as the like this being or whatever mm -hmm. it is, uh maybe it would, you know, not have as many you know negative thoughts from people yeah. bring it up or anything like that. Totally. Yeah, I agree. And on that note, I feel like because with religion, right? And there are different religions that like boot there's you know, you you worship Buddha or God or the universe or whatever whatever it is. And how are we really, not to like get into this conversation, but how are we really supposed to know the truth? And it's, you just know what you were taught, right? Or what you grew up with. And that's completely valid. And so like, how are we supposed to say that our belief or what we know is above somebody else? Like, we can't put that down. We have to let them, we have to acknowledge what they believe because that's like their circumstances, their life, their plastic bottles. That's like, that's what got them there, totally. right? And so I think, yeah, that's a really good way to, to um, yeah. like bring that around. I think so much of life is reconciling with exactly mm -hmm. what you were just talking about. And for me, at least, this is going to sound super cliche, but like I think the last few years I've had a, a pretty important kind of like perspective shift where like from like a little bit of like existential dread of like mm -hmm. what is the meaning of life? What is the <laughs> point? It's like, dude, you're not the guy that's going to figure that shit yeah. out. Like I'm not going <laughs> to go and like find out what it's all about, you know? Like, yeah. But what I am going to do is I'm going to find the meaning in my life. Oh you know, my I'm going to find the meaning in wow. my life. I'm going to discover fire. that like, you know, I'm going to look for that stuff because that's so something good. that I can't control. Yeah. And I think at least for me, and this is obvious, and I think a lot of people try to do this, but it's nice to say it out loud is like when I get bogged down in things I can't control, I try to turn to the things that I can mm. and stuff. Mm. And that's why I think for a lot of people, it helps if they're going through a tough time to call their, you know, grandparents more mm -hmm. often yeah. or get back to cooking or like, totally. you know, like start running. Mm -hmm. It's just like, what can I reclaim? I think you know, people are yeah. dealing with that a lot in like the political landscape as well as like figuring out like how do I deal with like this uh, what's like this, happening this, in this, yeah, yeah what's ha like the awfulness <laughs> totally. of this world and that we're mm -hmm. like subject to because we're a part of it and like how do we find it within ourselves to like you know make the difference in whatever way that looks like so for some yeah. people 100%. like you know we were talking about Black Lives Matter a couple of weeks ago and um it's, it was about like finding your place in the fight, right? Some people are going to be on the front lines protesting and other people are going to be signing petitions mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So Totally. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, it's really important for all of us to just acknowledge that everybody is in a different place. And like we all, I don't know, maybe I might be, this might be a very bold statement. I don't know if it's actually true, but... I feel like everybody is somewhat, some degree of control freak, right? We all mm -hmm. want some degree of control in our life. Totally. I know I do anyways. And like you're saying, you can't really, like you're not ever going to know the meaning of life. You just want to know like what you can do in your own life. Totally. And uh, I mean, I even was dealing with that today kind of to go off of what both of you were saying. I was, <laughs> I was trying to read the news this morning and it made me so anxious because I just felt like, I want to solve every problem in the world. I want to help every starving child. Like I want to do it all totally. and I can't. And it makes me so 
overwhelmed and I like break down. That and, is paralyzing. And then you do nothing. And you, yeah. And, and it's then you not feel even worse. To anyone. You did nothing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so it's, you have to, like you were saying, you have to figure out what you can, what you can control. Yeah. And sometimes that day, it might be something that's going to help somebody. And sometimes that day, what you control might just be helping yourself, yeah. which is you're a part of, like, it's the butterfly effect. If you're in a good space, the people you interact with, like, you're still making a chain. You're still making a difference. 100%. Yeah. It's crazy that we got to hear from the original question. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. I think what that's was why it? I was so excited to come on today, honestly, is yeah. because like this is a conversation we'd be having, yeah. you know, if no cameras or microphones were here. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. And this I, is nice. what I'm loving about this is literally for people who aren't who are listening, for about 30 minutes before we even came in this room, we were just going so deep. And Justin's like, guys, stop. Save it for the <laughs> podcast. Uh so yeah, I feel like it is. It's important. It's important to be able to like allow ourselves to to go there yeah. because I think again going back to right now, right? We're sitting in here. We're forced to not be on our phones mm -hmm. and not be on our devices. We carved out this time to be here, so we know we're scheduling time to sit and have a deep conversation yeah. with each other. A lot of times when you're in a group of friends, especially if it's more than just two people, you, when it gets uncomfortable or it gets awkward, oh, yeah. you can go to the bathroom or you can like go <laughs> yeah. make food or walk outside, look at your phone. It, we're making ourselves sit and have it, which I think should happen more often with people. I, I totally agree. I've been trying to leave my phone like in other rooms while I'm doing other stuff. Because mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I am addicted to my phone. Mm -hmm. and oh, me too, yeah. And it feels so bad. And I think it's unlike any, um, not to, obviously not to say that any addiction is, is easy to deal mm -hmm. with, like, of course. Um, but I think the phone is an especially tricky one because you can't just like, quit it right. really at least for, for me you know like mm -hmm. i professionally rely on it like socially yeah. rely on it like it's such an ingrained part of my life like it's really been difficult especially during quarantine to find any semblance of balance or like rational use mm -hmm. of this thing like i hate it when you rely like, on yeah. your business yeah your business being tied to your phone is so tricky because like I, you know i run this business and my girlfriend runs a, a business as well and like both of our businesses are so entangled with instagram like we yeah, have to be on instagram all the time and it's insane. heavy for i've sure. thought about oh, getting yeah. a business phone i've thought about because yeah. i think that might i like, think it's be a, a good idea yeah, yeah that i can even just like keep in my studio or, or something mm -hmm. yeah. but like i gotta figure out you know something because it's it's not going yeah well. that's such a what you said i never thought about it that way but it's so spot on you like all addictions are really hard but then the difference between like you know a smoking addiction or a drinking addiction is you seek to cut it out of your life you cut it out of your life you don't like you don't need that for work or whatever it is you know totally. whereas like with a phone you know you you have an unhealthy relationship with it and you know on my phone I need my email. I need phone. I need text messages. Mm -hmm. But I also have Instagram and I also have TikTok and this and this and this. Totally. And so it's it is hard to like say I'm gonna put a limit on this, um, especially when you're you're running a business. And so you know like how do I log in with intention without getting distracted? And what's the line of work and play? You re yeah. you reach a certain level too where. That like so Ed Sheeran is a good example, right? That he very notably, when he is not touring, doesn't have a phone with him yeah. at all. Oh, and I didn't like, know about. Yeah, when so when he reaches like you reach a certain level of success, like you don't have to have this device. Like yeah. maybe that's totally. what we're all after. It's yeah, like that honestly level. though, I I mean I think about that yeah. for sure. Like at what mm -hmm. point will I feel like professionally comfortable to like throw this just thing the fuck out for a bit? Yeah. You know, yeah. I know. I, I do. You have, oh, go ahead. So I was just gonna say. I think the other side of that is I think we convince ourselves too often that we do need it. Like I could 
I could not have this thing for two weeks. Yeah. You know, three weeks. I'd be fine. Uh -huh. You know, like, but like, there's that voice in my head of like, dude, I think you need to post something right now. Man. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I went camping for the weekend and I didn't have my, obviously I didn't have service, right? It was so freeing. And like for the first little bit, you're thinking, oh shoot, am I going to miss something? But then there's this release of like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. It's different than totally. being in service. Mm -hmm. And then when I get it back, did I miss a couple of things? Yeah. Was it the end of the world? No. Did yeah. some people get really upset with me because I didn't talk to him for a couple of days or tell him I was leaving town? Yeah. But like, <laughs> will I recover? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I think I wish you could have an away message for iMessaging. I think that would be. Oh, wow. Don't what? say it, that. We got to, we got to like, that don't do that. Ins, that is an incredible <laughs> future idea. I thought of that. Like, what was the, what was that shit on AIM? Is your away message? Yeah. yeah. Your away me yeah Wait, what was, was your, what was your AIM username? Oh, it was uh, AG Super Dude. AG Super Dude, <laughs> which is great. And then my little brother, very creative, was Brady the Dude. I remember that Brady. was that was a big deal in my house because I was like, dude, like that's already my thing. I'm the dude. Yeah. I can't be the dude. Like I'm already Super Dude. You can't be the dude. <laughs> super Dude and his sidekick, yeah. <laughs> the dude. <laughs> What's what was yours? Uh, mine was Paintballa sixty one. Paintballa. Yeah. Were you I, a paintballer? I played. I used to play paintball every weekend. That's like, unbelievable. It was really that, into yeah. it. <laughs> mine was so embarrassing. Mine was um. Call spelt K A L call underscore me underscore Holly two one one two because I went through a period of time where I like wanted my nickname to be Holly first name Holly last name Woods so bad wow. and I tried so hard to get it sti to stick and I would I literally handed out sticky notes to people being like this is my nickname call yeah. me Hollywood that's no one did it so I made it my email that's <laughs> hilarious I remember, starting your own nickname is a tough business yeah. to oh get yeah into. wouldn't yeah. recommend it <laughs> I remember like the girls that I used to talk to on AIM like I remember their usernames like I used wow. to QT softball chick 05 like, oh, she sounds like an angel she was uh, <laughs> QT softball chick yeah yeah, call That's me Holly. Funny. Embarrassing. But yeah, I wish I could just like be like in the studio for the next five hours. Like if you really need me, email mm -hmm. yeah. or call my man. That's you know, actually like, such a good idea to be able to have it because you can with email and you can even when you're driving, you can have it send someone an alert that you're driving. Yeah. But it'd be it'd be great. And I turn my phone on do not disturb and I've turned text message alerts off, which kicks me in the butt sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it's. If I'm trying to be productive and my phone keeps dinging, it's impossible for me to not look at the text. And then from there, next thing I know, I'm like, I don't know, yeah. on some random person's Instagram that I don't even know. <laughs> oh, all the time. I think it's 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 also difficult because like in a macro sense, I could be like, I want to use my phone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like less. Like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, duh, of course. But like when I'm like in my studio and I'm just like scrolling through Twitter and I'm just like two more minutes, it's easy to like not make that decision in the, the micro sense. You know, like mm -hmm. you have to make that decision every single time to actually make a change. And yeah. I think that's where the difficult part is. Oh, it's for me. so hard. I struggle with it every day. I, I turn, do you have text message or not text message app um, limits set on your phone? I do not. You don't. Do you? I don't either. But like, I, I don't, do, but I, I ignore them. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, the, that's <laughs> the thing. It's like, what's the point? That's why I didn't put them on. <laughs> Makes you feel you worse know? about it. Yeah. Like, but but I will say, there are times where I'm like, okay, you've ignored this a little too much. <laughs> Listen to it, you know? Yeah, it is I've, nice. I've had to, I've had to, my way of dealing with it is I have an Alexa and I, I will have alarm or like notifications on it set through random times out the day throughout the day get off your phone get up and move and drink water <laughs> like, wow that's great to remind me i love that yeah i get i'll sit for eight yeah. hours straight sometimes really? and I think about it yeah, yeah. on your phone bad. no just like or just not doing yeah, anything just not drinking yeah. water or, or getting sunlight or isn't that crazy we need reminders to drink water and move it is 
It is crazy. Do you know that you're supposed to drink? Uh, so if your body weight in ounces, you're supposed to drink half of that um, every day in water. It's like if you weigh 140 pounds, you're supposed to drink 70 ounces of water every day. It seems like a lot. It's a lot of water. Justin, but like, you that's don't even have a water bottle in I know, but I drink four a day, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, okay. Yeah. What, I, how many ounces is that? Uh, 20, what's uh, like 100 ounces. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I'm running, gotta, I'm running behind today. Yeah, yeah I definitely do that in coffee, but I don't think I do that in water. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm like, I drink my body weight in coffee every day. Yeah, what's sure. your favorite coffee drink? I just like cold brew, just black, mm-hmm. nothing in it. Have you ever made your own? What? Have you ever made your own? Oh, yeah. So I'm starting a cold brew business. Tight. Whoa. Um, That's like my yeah. ultimate dream in my life is to have like a coffee shop. Like I've got the books and I've done the spreadsheets. Yeah. I've done it all. Oh, I'm, I'm like totally with you. I cool. love coffee. I've, yeah, I've made it every way you could possibly make it. Yeah. Um, and I'm working right now with uh, a couple of friends on like. That's on super tight. Cool. Yeah. That's so cool how we randomly just got to that. Yeah, yeah. Would that yeah. have ever even been brought up? I wish we were a little farther along so I could pitch it to you yeah. guys. It's <laughs> yeah. still, we'll still kind of in the, in the early That's stages. That's so cool. Um, and I don't even remember where we were. I'm just going to look here really quick because I feel like I'm loving where it's going, but I want to see what else I had to ask you over here. Oh, um, kind of back on the like songwriting thing. Are there any songs that exist in the world that are not yours that when you listen to them, they feel like yours that you can think of? That's an unbelievable question. <laughs> I'm probably going to botch the answer. Um, I actually texted my manager the other day that, I'm fairly confident that if John Mayer didn't write Dreaming with a Broken Heart, that I would have gotten to it. <laughs> I would have written that eventually, that exact song. That's Do you like sick. John Mayer? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge John Mayer fan. I think we both are like pretty I'm... deep in that too. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. When, um, I was, when I went camping this weekend, uh, my friend that I was with, we went through every single John Mayer album in order and like listened to each song three times to just sit and analyze them. <laughs> What's the best album? I mean, it's hard not to say... See, I, this is the argument day. that I have with my friends. It's like most of my friends say it's Room for Squares, and it's not. It's Room not. for Squares yeah. is great, but it's a great album, yeah. but it's not Continuum. Yeah, I think what's funny about being a John Mayer fan is I feel like you know four years ago it used to be kind of like cliche Dude, or looked down yes. upon, and now everyone's just like on the same page. Like this guy is so undeniably <laughs> incredibly good at music and incredibly intelligent yeah. that like I have no shame anymore. Totally, you know? I don't think I I never had shame. Okay, I I respect that because the shame is a reflection of you and your insecurities so like, i just yeah maybe i've always i've just him. gotten over that but like um, well i think it's different because you're a musician too so like there your perspectives and your ideas and thoughts too uh are going to be different than somebody who's not creating music totally but totally. i've i mean i think he's a creative genius his his songwriting is it's insane. i mean it's insane i mean like talk about just like lyricism like you know he'll have like 12 lines in a song and they could have all been the title for anyone else totally. that's like the title of the song mm-hmm. oh. and for him it's a line in the second verse and I think like <laughs> yeah, that's something I, sh- I strive to do is like yeah. I want every line to hit with equal importance yeah. and I think that's mm. something he does super well do you have a, like a favorite line or a favorite song of his oh wow it's like picking a favorite child if you or, like or you, I guess children. it doesn't have to be a favorite <laughs> <laughs> if you just had a million kids and you could and you're just, like I really just like um, Johnny <laughs> I'll think about that while we talk. I know. I know. I'll, give, I'll give you mine yeah, real quick. Yeah, uh, so I have like a, like, I think um, Search for Everything is maybe like, could be his best album, mm-hmm. I think, like from lyrically, especially. So uh, 
um, still feel like your man when he says oh. uh, something along the lines of like, um, I still keep your shampoo in my shower. Yeah. Um, oh, dude. Right. You probably like, find yourself yeah. some more somewhere, but I do not really like, care. That, <laughs> oh. that's, that, that line specifically, like I still keep your shampoo in my shower, like talk about like heartbreak if you're living if you're with somebody and their shampoo is in your shower like oh, you're 100%. with that person yeah. right and so oh, if that's still there you're holding on to that i was like mm. oh, yeah fuck. i so think what good. he does i try to to emulate this for sure and 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 in this way he's been an enormous influence on my songwriting is i think he's a master at balancing kind of like more like abstract you know concepts mm-hmm. with like super specific lines yeah and i think totally yeah for that, me, I mean, as a music similar. consumer mm-hmm. like that's my favorite stuff totally. yeah it's when you can like give me the thesis in the chorus and then in the verses like run me through the actual mm. like ins and outs of the situation Hell yeah. speaking of the search for everything i mean this is more of like one of those more macro things but like moving on and getting over and oh. same, same, like, <laughs> like that's just a heater of a line that's yeah. when you're so just you come up with a studio you're like this song is gonna write itself this shit's over oh. you know like oh call it a day His we did song. it boys i think my favorite song is also same album but um in the blood Mm. I love the line. He's, you know, the line. Um, he, he essentially just like, is it always in the water? Like, is it in the water? Am I? Able, is this something that I can like get past, or is this something I am like cursed with forever because it's in my blood? Um, am I going to let this woman kill me or way or do away with jealous love? Just every every lyric in there is so deeply personal to him and his life and his family. But it's so relatable because I feel like all of us are the best and worst in our parents, of our parents. Yeah. I mean, oh, 100%. What do you think, like, of, of your parents? What do you think you have that is like, thanks, mom and dad, for giving me this? I mean, this is a bad example because y'all don't know my dad, yeah. but like, we have the same facial expressions. And it's like, <laughs> oh, really? scary. It's like, very, very scary. Like, exactly the same mannerisms and everything. Really? Um, yeah, I think I'm a super mix of my parents. Like mm-hmm. I am like just right down the middle. If you just like added them up and divided them by two, it would be me for sure. Is, That's your, br- great. is your brother like that too? My brother is probably more like my dad. The, the older, dude? older or younger? <laughs> He's younger. Okay. Yeah, the dude. He's the, dude. Yes, the dude. Not super dude. Yes, not super dude. The just dude. The dude. <laughs> What about but you? He didn't even know who the dude was yet. Yeah, you know? he was like see, six. Yeah, there's like, no way he's watching the yeah, Big Lebowski exactly. at that age. I was like, dude, like I'm two years older. Like I, you don't even get it. Yeah. <laughs> don't you hate that when you're younger and your your like siblings are trying and t- oh, trying 100%. to to act a certain way, and you're like, you don't even get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, it's funny, and I think that's why I think when I got to high school, you know, we were always close, and I have a sister too. But like when I got to high school, I got so much closer with both of them because mm-hmm. the age gap closes mm-hmm. as you get older and older and older you're like you know like when, oh 100%. when your brother's two and you're four like or my sister was like three or sorry five and i was 10 like we are so different yeah. like i don't know anything you know about what you're doing and you don't mm-hmm. you couldn't possibly understand what i'm doing so it's i think that's one of my favorite things about getting older is like being able to relate to your siblings on a personal level rather than mm-hmm. just like a, you're my family level yeah hunter and i talk about this a lot too now is like there were years that like through high school and and especially through college where we were not talking like at all like we weren't friends mm-hmm. like we didn't mm-hmm. want to speak to each other either yeah. um but then once I, you know, I came up with this idea for this company and then like I, he was my immediate first text, like in the thought, like I didn't even have to think about it twice. I texted him immediately, which is like kind of strange to think about, like, why would I have done that? You know, Mm -hmm. if we weren't Mm -hmm. even friends at that point, but 
all it's done is make us like actually closer. Now we yeah. have to talk every That's day. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you need a reason to kind of jumpstart those totally. types of relationships totally. and things. Yeah, yeah, you totally need a reason. I definitely feel like in a weird way for me and my family and my siblings, we were very different and living different lives and not like super close. Um, and then having lost my mom, I think initially made us, in my opinion, feel a little further apart, I mm -hmm. think, because we were all dealing with it in different ways. And now that it's been a little while, we're, I feel like that has brought us way closer yeah. because it's this one thing that we all have because when you're growing up you're you have different interests than your siblings and like you might be different ages you might you're in different places in your life you're you're not the same which is so weird that you on a side note yeah. so weird you can be from the same people and raised in the same environment and like be yeah. so different mm -hmm. but when you have one thing that like is undeniable that connects you that no one else has i feel like that is what got me be closer with them totally. for sure that's beautiful like oh yeah. thank you <laughs> yeah it's i i think it's been probably the biggest curse and biggest blessing at the same time totally yeah. for sure sense. i think kind of one of the more fortunate slash unfortunate parts of life is that those things often are mm -hmm. the same events you know yeah. some of the worst things can can be you know the best things that send yeah. you on a totally different path down the rest of your you know life rest of the road of your life i'm gonna the rest stop. of the road of your life <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... i mean yeah and it's it's like it's exactly what you're saying they're the same things mm -hmm. sort of like when you're in an interview right and someone asks you tell me the you know like your biggest uh not as i'm trying to think of the word not your biggest flaw your biggest weakness weakness thank you your your biggest weakness and your biggest strength are often the same thing totally yeah. totally 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 yeah do you have I, jobs that weren't music Oh yeah, that's okay. That's, that's fun. great. That's awesome. I, I mean, I've been so lucky. Yeah. Like, um, I taught guitar in high school, which was the best job. You did ever, because you don't need to do it that much to be able to pay for your um Chipotle habit. <laughs> oh, you had cool. a Chipotle habit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I only had I taught like six kids a week, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. and that was enough to fund my life. You yeah. know, I mean, I didn't have that many things. Yeah, you're like going to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> that was enough to buy yeah. Chipotle. Got to buy yeah. a little bit of weed here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I went to college and, and uh, I thankfully didn't, you know, have to work a job in college. Mm -hmm. And I went for a year and dropped out and then just did music from then on. That's incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely taken being a little scrappier mm -hmm. at times. Like mm -hmm. I lived in New York City for four years and I never had my own apartment. I never paid rent, yeah. you know, like. and I was, Where were you living? I am incredibly blessed and grateful to have people who allowed me to stay in their oh, homes and wow. apartments for yeah. periods of time. Um. But yeah, I mean, you, uh, it's with anything, you got to sacrifice something mm -hmm. to get something else. Right. And for me, like making this work was important enough to sometimes be a little less comfortable or alone or mm -hmm. uh, have money than I want it to be. Yeah. yeah. Have money that's not really. No, but, I see I yeah. exactly what you're um, saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's all it's all a trade off. You decide what you want. Mm -hmm. and you decide what you're willing to give up. And then that's kind of the marriage that we all kind of yeah. deal with and, and entertain, you know. Mm -hmm. You seem like well, pretty intentional in like your dream here like did were there times where you were just like nah this this sucks i'm over it kind of thing i mean yeah every day in small ways yeah. um i've never kind of faltered on like the more the big picture stuff yeah mm -hmm. um i think everyone gets to a point where they kind of realize what they need in order to feel fulfilled mm -hmm. and luckily mm -hmm. i was able to get to that point maybe sooner than than other people yeah. and i knew that that at least for, for me um doing this is what i need to do how'd you know yeah. 
just nothing else felt the same mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 it was clear pretty much from when i first started like getting on stage like it didn't feel it wasn't possible in the same way back then mm -hmm. yeah. but it was very clear that like oh this feels different than anything else yeah mm -hmm. you know i think it's interesting because so many people just have people who are not in the entertainment industry right who or maybe consumers of art, they look at people who are successful and they focus on the success and the wealth and all of like the great things about that. But 90, at least 90% of that comes from, unless you are extremely fortunate, comes from the struggle. And so many people out here are, are still in the struggle or got where they are from the struggle. And so many people are like, oh, you just, I'm sure you get this all the time. Oh, you just like came out of nowhere. And, and it's like, uh, okay, well, but also I was, yeah. you know, living on couches in New York. And I mean, like, where was, what 100%. was the moment in your life, like in your career climb where you felt like, holy cow, I am like in the most, the biggest part of the struggle. Um, before I get to that, cause yeah. there isn't a definitely an answer yeah. I can think of the time right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's why a lot of times in interviews, they ask me, how long did it take you to write this song? Yeah. And I think that is the worst fucking question ever <laughs> because that tells you absolutely nothing about anything. Especially yeah. about like, music. Like, yeah, music specifically. I'm like, I wrote this, you know. My like, life? My whole wrote, life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I wrote this song in, in six hours, but I started playing guitar when I was eight. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wrote my first song when I was nine. I've been doing it every single day since then. I could not, you know, like. <laughs> That's like asking like, a 70 year old how long it took them to write the book of their life. Yeah, exactly. Like, how long did it take you to write this book? This mem yeah, this memoir. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, a year, but I had to be alive for eight fucking years <laughs> yeah. to fucking do it. Like, that's that's funny that you mentioned that because now that I'm thinking about it, when I was doing research for this, I think almost every interview that I read or listened to of you, that song was, or that question was asked. It's asked, and I understand why it's asked. I'm not uh -huh. saying that anyone is stupid for asking mm -hmm. it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying from my perspective that that question sheds no light on any of the process or yeah. anything really. And also, I don't want to, to be discouraging to anyone as mm -hmm. well like if if i was you know 14 and i was reading an interview from john mayer and he was like yeah i write all my songs in two hours which could be it's not mm -hmm. possible but as an example mm -hmm. uh i would be like well what the fuck am i doing wrong oh, it's yeah, taking sure. me a month to write a song yeah. you know um and so i don't want to be like misleading about like the process you know mm -hmm. both in terms of like the day of writing a song or you know week or month or whatever or you know the years of honing your craft and practicing yeah. and sucking and I think, yeah, you have to. I suck think as a society, good. we 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 overlook sucking. Sucking is the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. Sucking means mm -hmm. you're getting better. The sucking part is, but I love taking on new hobbies so that I can fucking just kick rocks at it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, and that's it's like that's how you grow. That's how you get good. Totally, you can't just like you don't come out of the womb being like, let me play this guitar. Yeah. <laughs> also, like that's the best part in a lot of ways. I'm sure you can relate. Like when I first started playing guitar, like every week I was like twice as good as I was. The mm -hmm. now like. I'm getting better at such a slow clip, mm -hmm. like unbelievably slow. I am just like barely climbing this hill yeah. of being proficient. Um, but anyways, back to the other question. Yeah. Of, of no, I love that tangent was... that you went on though, because I think it was important. Well, um, well, thank you. And so, yeah, what I was in a band. I dropped out of school to be in a band with some of my best friends, um, all of which I still work with and talk mm -hmm. to every single day. Cool. Um, but the band broke up. We got dropped. It, it was kind of just like a whole thing we were living at. Mm -hmm. Who's now my manager, but he was the guitar player's mom's house in New Jersey. We got oh, dropped. Really? Like I broke up with my ex-girlfriend. Like, oh man. Um, I had 
negative money in my bank account and was in debt because of the band. And mm. all my friends from college, that was right when they graduated and mm. moved to the city with like good jobs yeah. and stuff. Oh, so man. I think rarely in life do you get to see like a spitting image of what your life could have been if you took mm -hmm. the other route. And for me, I was seeing it up yeah. close and personal. Mm -hmm. um, and it was tough. It's like unsettling it was, for sure. it was it was mm -hmm. really unsettling because I was, you know, three years behind my friends in school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was back, you know, at least financially below rock bottom. You know, yeah. like oh, 100 um, percent And uh yeah, I walked around New York City for a few weeks and then I kind of just like made up my mind. I was like, I'm gonna make this work. It's too important not to. Yeah. So I, I did the out. opposite. I gave it up. Like yeah. I was at that low point. Um my girlfriend at the time was asking me to come home and I gave it all up for that. But I think then that's the right answer. I totally. think whatever you do is the right answer. You know, like yeah, yeah I think you you like, know, and there are multiple times in life where you get present like presented with that that challenge, and it's different. Like there were times for me where I was at rock bottom here, or just in life in general, and I thought, oh, this is the right decision to do this, and then I would go forward with that and realize, like, no, this is not the right decision. This is not yeah. what I. You'll know. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard. It's like such a cliche thing to say, but you know when you know. It's just kind of yeah. like with anything. Yeah, totally. I also think as kind of pertaining to what we were discussing before is I think it's incredibly valuable to have those experiences and mm -hmm. to know what mm -hmm. that feels like and to then be able to compare the wins against that. And mm -hmm. also like for better or for worse, like I'm still scared of getting back there. Totally. You know, like yeah. every day I wake up fucking scared out of my life that I'm going to, you know, that my life's going to fall apart again. And it's mm -hmm. motivating and it makes me want to yeah. work harder and kind of... uh work smarter yeah. and, and stuff. So I'm, I'm grateful for, for that time in my life, for sure. Yeah, that's a real, what you just said made me just totally think about something that I'd never thought about before. People look at people with who of status and success and wealth, right? Once they've hit that, I think everyone just looks at them as like that. Whereas whether you're an actor or a musician or a writer or whatever you are, they're it is not a stable career, like in Certainly any way, not. shape or form. Yeah. And so there are moments where, yeah, you might be like number one on the billboard charts or your movie might be like number one in the box office or whatever it is. And then you might have a year where you don't know if if anyone's ever going to buy your screenplay again or you don't know if anyone's going like, to think about the like one that. hit wonders. Yeah. yeah. And so people have to I think people have to realize like everyone in that sense is the same everyone's this in the same and you can't you can't put that pressure on on creatives either that like oh now that you've had this you have to sustain this forever because that's not fair yeah definitely I th yeah i think the way i approach kind of like dealing with that is like trying to just fall more and more in love with the process of making stuff because that's the only part of this that's guaranteed yeah everything yeah. accolades the bad reviews the good reviews the awards the sold out anything that people listen to streams, none of those are guaranteed. Those mm -hmm. could go away like this and all you're going to be left with is you and your guitar. And for me, I know that I love making it enough to carry me through the tough times. Yeah. Whoa. That's, that's so good. And, and just so you know, that's evident. Like when I'm looking at your YouTube channel and you show these videos of how you made things, you're the the enthusiasm that you have behind the ownership of your art is contagious. Well, thank you. Yeah, it makes that. me want, it's like, I want to go create when I see somebody feeling good about what they're doing. It doesn't, you can watch, um, you can watch a high-end music video or you can go to a high-end production show and think like, oh, I want to be at that level of success and fame. Or you can watch someone be so pumped about what they're doing and think, I just want to feel creatively fulfilled. Totally. 100%. And that's also not to say that I don't 
have days where I want to, you know, bash my head through my studio wall. Yeah. You know, like those happen all the time. We can even get into it. Like this, this summer has been a, a lot of that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, Cause you were supposed to be on tour like pretty much yeah. all year. Yeah. And I've just, you know, had so much, too much time to myself mm -hmm. in the studio. Um, yeah. And is that hard to be stuck in the studio in a time where you know you would this would have been like the biggest tour of your life so far yeah well i think it's there's kind of two faces like one mm -hmm. obviously i am well aware of the opportunities that are yeah. not happening mm -hmm. you know like i probably all in all missed out on 80 90 shows you mm -hmm. know which as someone who i love touring and i love playing shows like mm -hmm. that is hard but mm -hmm. i also miss kind of like you know craving time to myself you know, mm -hmm. craving time alone in the studio Cause you, to cause create stuff. Because it's not a gift anymore. It's too available. The, yeah. the supply mm. is skyrocketing and the demand is just diminishing yeah. in such a mm -hmm. sad way. And uh, I used to, you know, like being by myself in the studio, I used to, it used to be in a way of expressing like autonomy over my life, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and now it's the default and I think it's lost its charm quite a bit. And so I'm now kind of looking for ways to incite that balance, you know, on my yeah, own Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, wow. That's such an interesting perspective that I wouldn't have thought of. So it's, I mean, it's like really the you want what you can't have kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you would more simply put it, right? Totally, like you, totally. when you're on tour, you want to be home and writing the next record. But of like course. when you're at home, you want to be on tour finding the of next course. show. Of course, yeah. But usually I think naturally I have a balance of that. Yeah. Naturally mm -hmm. I have that. And now I have to kind of create that balance myself. I have to... Um, kind of diversify what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, whereas I'm so used to like being home and just rushing to the studio right. and loving it right. and being in there. And now I'm just like days on end of just sitting there twiddling my thumbs being like, I'm not having fun. Yeah. Like that's such a scary thought because if you're not, if you're an artist or a creator and you're not having fun, mm -hmm. like do something else, yeah. Yeah. you know, because you gotta, you gotta love it to deal with all the kind of like shittier stuff. So what know? do you do when you, like what are you doing right now that when you're not in the studio you're doing something else what are you doing um i'm producing records for other people yeah that's a nice way because like i mean the flip side of that is like you know fucking off and doing nothing feels terrible too sure. yeah i hate that i mm -hmm. want to always be doing something is there anything like, that you're doing that's not music related is there anything i've been trying to you know play basketball more okay. with my roommates yeah. and stuff so that's nice yeah. exercise nice. is a nice outlet yeah. i went on a hike this morning just got my ass kicked it felt amazing <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, f f for me, I find the most success kind of reclaiming that balance when mm -hmm. I, I like to call it like healthy procrastination. Mm -hmm. Like when I find things that are kind of like on the outskirts of being productive, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. I still feel like I'm working towards something, but it's not like the main thing. Yeah. So yeah. like learning how to DJ is like oh, a good cool. example of that. Like I've been, you know, messing around in Premiere a bit more, mm -hmm. trying to learn like, uh -huh. you know, video editing and stuff like that. That's really cool. So it's just like these kind of like ancillary things that like, I can apply towards my career, but are also like fun and stress-free, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it seems like you have a lot of um, creative outlets. Like when you're not making music, you're making art in other ways. Totally. Don't you like design your own merch Yeah, I do stuff? a bunch of design, yeah. That's cool. Um, which again is fun. And that's uh -huh. one of those things that started as just like, I need to, like, I need to be creative. Mm -hmm. I feel that like bubbling mm -hmm. up inside of me. But I am just sucking ass at writing songs right now. And I just, yeah. I need to do anything else that will still kind of like itch, you know, scratch that itch. itch that yeah. Scratch? Scratch. Scratch. That scratch that scratch itch. The yeah. yeah, scratch um, the itch. <laughs> but uh, is not making a song yeah. for Yeah, because you're right going to burn out. Like there's yeah. no way to sustain. I mean, I don't feel, I feel like there's no way to sustain doing that 
on like every single day without having the breaks totally. that you usually and there isn't, are having. I've learned, unfortunately. Yeah. What's really interesting about you that I've learned today is like you seem to um, have like a really like well, two things. Number one, your passion for your create your creative outlets is like really infectious. Like Super you make infectious. me want to go home and play more guitar. Like, <laughs> oh, I love it. Really, great. really. Well, thank tight. you. I'm, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. I haven't because like, I haven't felt like inspired musically in like probably ten years. Like, like it's been like wow, a long time a since I felt. Like, first of all, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. go get it. <laughs> Second of all, I think that is a really important thing that you just touched on whereas i feel like a lot of times in interviews people will be like who inspires you you know like mm -hmm. looking for like artists and stuff mm -hmm. and i'm like of course i'm influenced by music yeah of course but like inspired i'm inspired by my friends that are you know working at a startup grinding every day right. you know like i'm inspired by like my parents you know yeah. like yeah. it's it's like i'm influenced by music and i'm inspired by musicians and i think mm -hmm. there's an important distinction there mm -hmm. yeah i think that's so valid because also on the other side of things in other creative outlets whether it's acting or writing or uh you know director of cinematography whatever it is again it's it's that whole like who do you look up to and a lot of times the answer is these huge people right but there are so many people who are so talented who are grinding just as hard who and, and even in sports, people who are just as talented, sometimes if even not more talented than some of the other people who everyone idolizes. And like, I find those people really inspiring. The people who grind totally. every day yeah, totally. for themselves, knowing that like, someday I might get there and someday I may not, but this is what I'm meant to do and I'm going to do it. The concept totally. of like having a hero to me it was mm -hmm. never one that I really understood. Like if I somebody said, more. Yeah, oh, I like for a, sure have a hero. I, I can't understand it. You don't have a, you have a hero? Never. I have people whose like careers I would like to emulate in yeah. some way. Like I have people that inspire like, me. Oh, like, I guess all in terms things. of like a yeah. creative hero, no. Yeah. My, my hero is my little brother, Mason. Okay, that's fair. That's I think that's the right answer. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I totally, totally feel that. If but like someone... the people that say like uh, Michael Jordan was my hero and like have the posters on the wall. Oh, and, like, right. I, I see like, what you're like, saying. What? Like, yeah. I don't yeah. understand that. I've yeah, never, that's like, different. Yeah, revered someone in that way. Yeah. That spot in my brain is like reserved. It sounds so cliche, but like for like for my parents and for my grandparents yeah. and like people. Oh, like for that sure, people you who are like these immovable objects in my life, yeah. and these mm -hmm. unstoppable forces like that. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I love. There's this quote. I think it's a quote. I don't know where I've heard this, but I, it's I say it all the time, and I have it written everywhere. Is we have no right to compare ourselves to anyone, for we do not know their whole story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Right. So like to idolize somebody, that person might be great in one way, but they could be a total asshole. 100%. Whereas like I can idolize my brother. My brother has cerebral palsy and he wakes up every morning and he can't like he can't take himself to the bathroom mm -hmm. and he's always happy and he's always kind and he is always like grinding. Yeah. And that that's a hero because I know him fully. Right. I can't say someone's my hero if I don't know like the full scope of them. Totally. I mean, you saying that is more inspiring to me than any song has ever been. Mm -hmm. and oh, that's wow. not to say I haven't been inspired by songs, but like. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff that makes me want to do better, you mm -hmm. know, and help people and make stuff that matters, yeah. you know? Like, oh, for stuff. sure. And I think it's really easy. It's really easy to get stuck in the trap of looking at social media and seeing the most beautiful people in the most beautiful places and being stuck in an environment and in an industry where it's all about like success and fame and fortune. And you don't see the starving people and you don't see the people who are not getting the opportunities or the people who are going through abuse or whatever, like all the scope of the issues in the world. And like those are the people who turn to our art as comfort. Like those are the people who watch the movies, who who 
buy the records, which are stream the records now, I guess, you know, like those are the people who use that as their outlet. And it's so important for us to realize, like, there is a world outside of this world that we're in. Totally. So I guess like the question for you then, like with the platform that you have and like your willingness to share your story, like what does it mean to you to like be able to share like kind of like like really what you're going through in any time of your life and be able to use that to help mm-hmm. other people like that's a good question <laughs> totally um i'm not sure if this fully answers that but i think one of the greatest joys and one of the mo- things that i derive the most meaning out of is the fact that i can write a song and i know what it means to me yeah mm. of course i experienced it i went through it um that song can take on a totally different meaning to someone else and we can both benefit from it and we can share this thing and our Venn diagrams barely touch, but Mm -hmm. they do touch it. The most key point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things I've experienced. Like for example, uh, my song, I don't know you yet. Like I know what that means to Mm me. Of course. Um, People have messaged me the most unbelievable meanings from Mm -hmm. it. Like my mother passed away Mm -hmm. um, when I was young and I never got a chance to spend a lot of time with her. Mm-hmm. And this song reminds me of my mom. And I'm like, Whoa. that's why I do this. Like, yeah. I know what it means to me. And now it gets to take on a new life with you. And it wow. gets to kind of coexist in such a beautiful way. So, wow. Um, yeah, I try, and, I, I try and remember that. And I try and, and what I found is like the more specific I can be, the more general I will end up. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of sounds a little shady but like i really have found like when i like am super detailed and pointed in what i'm trying to say and what i'm trying to convey yeah that's that's the stuff that resonates with people yeah mm-hmm. your lyrics are like that for sure like that's maybe one of the first things that i noticed about listening to your music was like if every line feels like it's written with intention whereas like so a lot of times totally. with like you know pop music and like uh, you probably, i don't know if you consider yourself like a pop artist mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. bedroom pop music is a lot like this where each line feels like it has a lot to it and there's a lot mm-hmm. of meaning, a lot of depth in there. And I love that you you can accept the fact that like it means something to you and like it's something completely different from someone totally. else. Totally. So tight. Yeah, yeah I, had, I had initially had like a list of some of your lyrics, but then oh. I was like, well, let's not go, because I was going to like go into some of it with you. And because uh, I'm definitely the person who like the first time I hear a song, I'm feeling the vibe of it, right? And then like the second time I'm listening more to the instrumental stuff and then I listen to it and just focus on the lyrics. Totally. There were some of your songs that like, I'm all, oh, I love this song. I'm like jamming, vibing. And then I'd hear it and it was like, and I mean, I mean this in a similar way, I guess, to the feeling of like what we were talking about with John Mayer where you hear a lyric and you're like, you know, wow, there was, I wish I could remember the line because I erased them because I was like, oh, we won't talk about well, this. It's all good, but, but, but thank you. That That is so intentional and that is so what I hope for. So I'm glad yeah. that, that it comes through in the music. Uh, you've listened it to, definitely does. Have you ever listened to churches? Um, I'm not super familiar, but yeah. yes, so anyway, of course. She's, she's very much, she's very forward about something kind of like similar to what you're describing mm-hmm. about how like she wants to make music that you can dance and cry to at the same time. Yeah. And oh, I love like that. A really sick genre of music. I love that. I love that. So yeah. Much. I think I think music comes down. You know, there's like the the love languages. Mm-hmm. I think there are love. Languages <laughs> we talk about this all, all the time. time. Really? Well, I think there I'm are love so languages of music, and I think you can kind of see that. I think for me, like like it's lyrics. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I, obviously I I do my best on everything else, but I mm-hmm. think what cuts through is the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I think like when I listen to Bon Iver, like, I don't know what the fuck he's saying, but mm-hmm. I get it. Like, it's, yeah. and, and I think that <laughs> language is beauty. That's yeah. beauty, yeah. you know? Um, and then, like, I think vibe is another one. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you see that with, like, you know, definitely some hip hop and, like, Tame like, Impala. Tame Impala. I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying that at the same time as you. Because, like, Impala, yes. again, like, like, 
you know, often I actually do like the tame lyrics, but like uh-huh. so much of it is just listening it's the vibe. and just, just uncontrollably yeah. bobbing my head, mm-hmm. you know? And like, there's kind of a space for everything. And I kind of have realized that like the easiest and most proficient way for me to cut through and is lyrically, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, and I think every song can take, for me anyways, takes a whole new meaning depending on where I'm at in my life. Of course. Like a so- I can listen to a song, and I'm sure your music probably would be like this for people, where you listen to a song and you could be in a dark place in your life and it could make you cry and it can bring you nostalgia or whatever. You can feel a certain way. Whereas you could be at like the highest point in your life and hear it and hear it completely differently. Totally. And that happens with me, again, back to John Mayer all the time. I have to listen to his music at different points in my life because I get different things out of the songs. Yeah. I mean, that that to me kind of is the essence of what makes being a musician so special mm-hmm. is like you get to accompany people through the best and worst parts of, of their lives and and they can kind of use you as a tool to regulate their own emotions yeah. which I mean, is I, so cool the fact that like you could hear a song and it reminds you of a moment it to me is like the most powerful thing that music does for oh, it's people insane. it's just like you it doesn't matter what the song is and like sometimes that moment changes for you and mo- sometimes it's multiple moments mm-hmm. but like totally. that to me like i mean uh, there are certain Coldplay songs that I'll hear now and I just think back like to years ago when my like playing at the talent show and like us playing like mm-hmm. we played a mashup of a Coldplay song oh, and cool. Kanye West Runaway <laughs> oh, wow. and Incredible. it was awful but it was <laughs> I'm sure it was at the time amazing it, at the time it was yeah. amazing I'm sure you felt like oh this is epic <laughs> yeah but every time I hear those songs now it takes me back to that moment oh, so, so wow. yeah good. do you guys have a song that um like well I guess that might be yours right but like a song that really makes you think of like a moment in your life like it has is super tied to a memory so many too many yeah or one you could think of you go first i remember we were we were (laughs) Uh, were like we were traveling a little bit and playing some music and i remember we were really trying to get this is when um uh, thrift shop came out oh, man. Um, <laughs> it's the year thrift shop came out okay. so like the big thing was like we gotta fucking cover thrift shop we can't mm, like not yeah. cover this huge song and so i just remember having to sit in my row and listen to our singer play that song on repeat for the entire oh, drive on the speakers in the car and him try to rap along to it That's and nice. so every time i hear that song it's that moment That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I yeah. think I'd, I mean there's so many obviously but I think let it happen uh By tame Tim Paula. Um mm-hmm. yeah tame played the first music festival I ever played. Tame oh, was the headliner cool. and like What was I, that? It was Firefly. Oh Firefly. I played okay, it yeah. uh with my band like mm-hmm. 4 or 5 years ago now. Wow, it's crazy. Um but we played obviously early in the first mm-hmm. day whatever yeah. and like tame was on later and like it was just like a life changing experience just yeah. to like be like, oh my God, like these are my heroes. And I'm, I'm, you know, on the stage across, you know, obviously eight hours wow, earlier, but like, yeah. like it was a, it was, I mean, I always think back to that. That's good. I love that. I have a very, it's like, I don't know why, but this is the one that is coming to my mind right now. But, um, my high school boyfriend, uh, we had this song, you know, you like, you have of course. Songs. Yeah, of course. and it was amazed by Lone Star. Uh, and uh, I remember take it right back it's <laughs> so ridiculous but I remember being in my that's not even the memory the memory is being in my psychology class like the day after we had broken up and my psychology teacher was his um wrestling coach mm. and he was doing a lesson about how you if you listen to something over and over again you'll have you'll associate it with a memory but you can change that by listening to it in a different setting mm. and he literally had found out that 
my ex-boyfriend and I's song was this. And so he did this experiment where he played it every time we came to class. Wow. So that I would allow myself to change my relationship with it. It worked because I hear that it and I laugh wild. and I think about him, the teacher, being like, that's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. Wow, that's an amazing story. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like as good of an answer to that question you could possibly have. Oh, wow, thanks. I, I, yeah, it was, just, it was just the first thing that, so weird. That definitely comes back to my mind all the time. I have one more. Oh, yeah. Um, Hearing Sugar We're Going Down <sighs> for the first time, because Fall Out Boy was from like the town. Yeah. Oh yeah, where me. you're from. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And like that was one of the first times where music felt like something I could actually do. Yeah. Not just like do with my friends at like oh, pizza cool. places. It like felt like something like, oh, like I could get out of here. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like that could be kind of like my ticket to like out of here, you know? And, wow. And so that's that a good a answer big, to that one. Moment. Did you listen to the Academy is? Not that much. Yeah. Wait, remind me a song yeah. from them because it's sounding so familiar, but I'm not about a girl is probably like their biggest one you but they were like nope. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably like real real they're real he just pulls out a guitar funny yeah. he's like yeah. who do you ask <laughs> um, about a girl <laughs> uh so okay i have a uh, an interesting question that i've been thinking about a lot uh recently you write a song in a moment in your life right and like you were saying it it may take your life to get you to that song but you write mm -hmm. the song and in that moment like that's what you're feeling, obviously, because you're pouring your heart and soul into it. And say sometimes it's about a heartbreak or something you went through in life. As human beings, we seek to heal and like move past our wounds and move forward. So what is it like to have a really vulnerable song about a specific part of your life that you've now healed from, but you still have to perform it and talk about it all the time? Um. Yeah, amazing question. I think that for me, the songwriting process is the healing part. So oh, after it's wow. written, it's 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 the song, you know. And then mm -hmm. it becomes like this this other thing, you know. Like now, okay, now I can move on. Like uh -huh. and some, but you know, at the same time, some feelings take five songs to get over. Some yeah. take four. Some take mm -hmm. one. Some take ten. Some I'm still not <laughs> That's over. That's a really good That's answer sure. to that. Um, yeah, I actually have uh, an unreleased song that. I like played on Instagram live and that was kind of like the first time I ever played a song post writing it where mm -hmm. I was like feeling it at the same time and mm -hmm. it was like so heavy. So I'm yeah. hoping that it <laughs> doesn't continue happening because yeah. that's kind of a big burden. You want to close the door on it? Like you don't mm -hmm. want to be able to feel it when you're playing it? I mean, I want to like be able to relate with it in a healthy way, but I don't want it to like continue to crush mm -hmm. me. I mean, that's kind of like a death wish. Then it's like a double edged yeah. sword of like, Whoa. I want this song to be a big song and I want mm -hmm. people to hear it. I yeah. want to have to play it forever. But if I have to, if that means feeling it forever, yeah. then I'd rather have none no. of it. You know? Whoa. Yeah, because I mean, in that sense, it's your, it, you're like it's a therapy. You're like therapizing yourself as you're going through the songwriting process. If you're, if it come, wow, words are really totally. hard sometimes. But it sounds like you approach it and you're like working through your emotions and you're working through and like processing your thoughts similarly to how some people might um, journal things out to try to like get totally. past that. Right. And then, so when you go back and you read the journal, you can remember that phase, but like you've worked yourself through it. Maybe it took you four months of journaling about it, totally. but like you've worked your way through it. Whereas something that is so painful to you, it's something that it's like, okay, I as a person haven't like moved past this yet. And so it, I don't know. I don't know totally. what I'm saying, but I feel no, like I, no, I, I, I do. do I feel I mean? you. I totally feel you. I mean, yeah. Have you written about like, I think I, I'll give you another comparison. Um, you listen to much Paramore? Yes. Okay. Oh so, so still into you is like one of the greatest songs ever. So sick. 
you know, she was pretty vocal about it, her writing about her now ex. Mm. I don't know if they're ever married, but ex fiance for sure. Like I, every time I hear her sing that song now, I'm just like, fuck, that must hurt her a little bit. hundred mm. percent. Also kind of along those lines is like this and everything else I've said today, like could change tomorrow. Yeah. Right. You know, oh, like yeah. I'm aware of that. It took me a while to be comfortable admitting mm -hmm. that to myself, but like, this could all mm -hmm. be false. I could be lying right now and I just don't even know it. But but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like an event like that where yeah. it's like, that's, yeah, how do you? Well, I mean, also, I, like I toured with Luke Bryan for a while and mm -hmm. he has a song that he sings about the loss of, I believe it's his brother. Mm -hmm. And it oftentimes brings him to tears when he mm -hmm. sings it because it's such a real thing. Sometimes he doesn't do it. And I think that like, yeah, I guess it's just going to be different for everybody. And it's also like kind of how I was asking you before. Do you have a song that's ever just for you? I think if you have a healthy relationship with your emotions, you know, is this a song I want to perform? Or is this a song that like right now yeah. is just not, it's hitting me too hard. Do you totally. feel like there's like a, like, do you struggle with the authenticity of your performance in that? Like you don't like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to really understand like you saying that, um, the the songwriting part is the healing part and then the performance part is like you know it's it's not really for you anymore it's for yeah. everyone else like do you feel like there it's some about something about it's less authentic when you're doing it that way i don't think so really quick it just i mean yeah it's also entirely possible i just haven't written these songs yet. sure you know that's True. a really that's good, a good point yeah. mm -hmm. um because this this one that i'm talking about is one that's not out and i have a feeling like forever that's going to be a little difficult to mm -hmm. sing okay. you know and i maybe i just haven't had to go out in front yeah. of people and do it yet um, but I don't really feel that way because I still obviously every single word resonates with me yeah, so much. Yeah, because you wrote them. There, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just feel like I the relationship with it is is more like it's a memory, mm. so I still feel it, but it's not currently okay. like affecting it's me. It's an acknowledgement, but it's yeah. not like it. And I think yeah. I, I think Ed Sheeran said once, but like he was like, when I'm writing, it's for me. When I put it out, it's mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. And I think like I try and draw that line, maybe even as a you know defense mechanism mm -hmm. to like not have to continue feeling those things. Yeah. But also like to turn some of your own lyrics around on you <clears throat> for a minute in this same thing. I'm, I'm not remembering exactly what you say, but you say it's something about sometimes to hurt, you have to Sometimes the only way to get over hurt is to hurt. Right. Okay. So that sometimes the only way to get over to hurt is to hurt. So you hurt. You, you, it seems like you're a person who lets yourself sit in the suck, right? And like let it hurt and let it affect you. And then the songwriting process, however long it is, is you feeling the hurt. Yeah. And like the only way to get over that is that. It's that healing process. So sometimes like what it seems like is at the end when you have this song you've allowed yourself to process whereas so many other people hide and like allow society to tell them to just be strong and put mm -hmm. a face on and so sometimes it's harder to heal over those things whereas totally. you went through the songwriting process and you've you know you've come to terms with this is how like I Alexander feel about this thing and then by that point where it's like out and released it takes a while and at that point hopefully or probably your relationship to that experience yeah. has changed that's a great point and i think that's something that a lot of people consuming music don't think about is like if i put out a song in december i might have written that a year ago or more you know, yeah. yeah exactly so like i'm in a different place in my life mm -hmm. i don't mm -hmm. even fucking know that guy anymore you mm -hmm. know like <laughs> um, right like you could release a song about heartbreak and have everybody feel bad for you and you're like i'm in i'm in love now like yeah, i'm past I'm fine. that yeah exactly and that i think that happens all the time mm -hmm. yeah um but 
yeah i mean we'll see i guess mm-hmm. like that book kind of remains to be written yeah. i'm open to anything you know like if if the most authentic version of creating is to then residually feel it like and that's okay you know that's i'll deal yeah. with that when i get there I, lo- sure. I love how like like you have like this mindfulness about you that's like really really cool like i don't know mm-hmm. very many people who are our age especially a lot of guys our age who like are so aware of the way that they feel about things like yeah you're very refreshing yeah how do, so thank you guys. <laughs> yeah we're gonna, yeah <laughs> we do this when we, it's the two of us so, yeah sometimes <laughs> we, we should, we we like do this, you up we, a let's bit. do this every day you know you guys just <laughs> gassing me up i could just use yeah. a little bit of this in the morning for some I, reason um, when it's the two of us no. i feel like i get so deeply like so deep into this that i we I, have asked, i leave here feeling like i just not in like a weird way, but like I just have so much love for everybody in this yeah. room. We have you asked know? like totally. maybe maybe one percent of the questions we re- we actually oh, wrote yeah, down and prepared. Sure. Just I so you know, like none of completely different conversation. This is a blast. I love doing this. And also to speak to that, like it took me a while to get there. Yeah, you know, this isn't right. Like, this has been a long road yeah. to to kind of like discover. You feel like you did it alone? Things. No, hell no. Oh my yeah. god. It's interesting cuz like cuz we were talking about like the creative process and how that is something you do alone, but like that the I guess like the internal growing you're saying that you had to rely on other people quite a bit. I mean, also the cre- now I write alone, yeah. you know, but like mm-hmm. that's that was followed by so many years yeah, of co-writing. Collaboration, yeah. And in in the band, intense co-writing. Yeah. Sometimes with six people yeah. like learning mm-hmm. how to deal with that and stuff mm-hmm. and um so yeah, every, everything is not as it seems. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I try to then, you know, project on other people when I'm seeing something is like, I don't know the backstory to this. We we're yeah. touching on this a little bit, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'd rather give someone the benefit of the doubt and be wrong than not cut them some slack and yeah. be wrong, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of times as, as human beings, we take our past experiences and our hurt and like the way that other people have impacted us and kind of project that onto other people thinking, totally. assuming people are going to be that way. I guess the best example of that is someone who was cheated on not trusting the next relationship. Mm-hmm. But totally. it's like that person didn't do that to you and like you projecting your fears onto that person is only going to ruin what you could have or what you do have totally, in yeah, this totally. moment yeah and i think kind of the next step of mindfulness is then applying applying it and that's something mm-hmm. i'm working on yeah. now is like okay like i can sit in this room and say all these things great first step mm-hmm. the next step is then in practice being more considerate of how someone oh, yeah. feels or how you might not know the whole story, but yeah. I mean, you know, behind what they're saying. And I think that's the part that I've kind of graduated onto now yeah. is like, okay, mm-hmm. how can I take these thoughts I have and actually make them help people? I'm for sure mm-hmm. like a victim of that where like right now, like I, I mentioned yesterday, like I feel like, like I'm on the verge of a breakdown. Like I'm mm-hmm. going through the shit right now. Yeah. But like if somebody asks me how I'm doing, I'm going to say, okay, yeah. which is like the that, yeah. opposite of like what this company is even about, you know? And <laughs> totally. so like I am in the same boat where I'm like trying a little bit more to learn how to practice what I preach a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. And I totally. think that like the biggest lesson I've just learned in life and especially just from conversations like this, right, is life is never like final your your life and who you are just like you were saying tomorrow my answers could be different we are not a final product right now you know totally. we are constantly learning and it's just about having the open mind and being willing to grow and being willing to learn and knowing that like today i have it more figured out some most of the time than yesterday yeah sometimes not but like totally. next week i might have it even more figured out or maybe not we just have to be I think meet ourselves where we're at and be aware that 
we are just going to keep growing yeah, totally. and, and learning. Yeah. I mean, like you would hope that your graph just like goes up. But I mm -hmm. think if you zoom in on anyone's graph, you it's know, like, it's like yeah. like more mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And I think the more that we can learn to like accept that as a positive thing, the better. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll go through moments where I feel like I am like I got it together. And then literally even that same day, I can just feel like, you know, and I'm I'm a fraud. I'm I'm dealing with like all these who am I who do I think I am I'm not like it's just I don't know I think and I think everybody's that way but we like to look like we have the answers mm. and totally. we don't yeah totally. it's weird like I'm willing to I'm willing to fake it when I'm successful but when I'm not successful is like when I'm trying to boast myself up and say like I got this shit under control yeah, yeah. like when like it's a defense mechanism totally yeah is. like 100%. I if I'm successful in something and I feel like I've done a good job about something like I'm like what the like what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. But if I am doing really poorly, I'm like, yeah, I got this shit under control. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. It's almost like you have to convince yourself. Yeah. I think I'm getting really good. I mean, I'm not saying good, but I'm getting way better at being able to be like, I don't have it figured out or like yeah. I'm not okay yeah. in those moments when that happens because growing up, it was always that like rub some dirt in it mentality. You're fine. Like be mm -hmm. positive. And there again, it's about balance, like back to balance. Yeah. You need to be able to have the balance to look on the bright side while also acknowledging the dark side. You totally. can't just like be in the dark and just talk about how everything's bright because you're not acknowledging like where your your body is at, where your mm -hmm. mind is at. Like you need to meet yourself where you are. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like you were saying, you know, you're, you're going through right now, which I'm sorry to hear, but and like you just someone will ask you how you're doing you'll say okay mm -hmm. you know like i also think the other part of that is like sometimes it's okay to just fucking say okay and move on not have to deal with that yeah. person totally. telling your whole story i think yeah. again, it's, it's, it's about a the situational balance of thing like, yeah of like choosing your spots of when to unload and mm -hmm. when to just like you know keep mm -hmm. fucking going yeah, you know totally you have to but you have to know that that you need to unload at a certain point you totally. can't totally. it's it about and i think yeah i think the the, the bigger you know thing is is finding your spots right you know and yeah your people, the people that you and go knowing to. the places and the times yeah, and stuff like totally. that. yeah totally. you need your go-to people and you also need to like you need to be able to like have someone to release it on and you also need to be able to like know your audience mm -hmm. and on the opposite side of that you need to be able to know if you're the person hearing the person saying they're okay like if justin and if i asked him how he's doing and he said okay yeah i I know Justin. I'm probably going to be able to tell Justin's not okay how he responds. Totally. And then in that moment, like, if we're friends, it's on me to be able to say, but really, like, really, Justin, are you sure you're okay? I haven't heard yeah, from you. Yeah. And, 100%. Whereas not necessarily in Ralph's, maybe. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's about finding the places and the times and the yeah. spots to really get into it. But but totally, that is so important. Just mm -hmm. like knowing your friends well enough to know when to dig a yeah. little bit harder. Sure, Do you have you know? like a, a go-to person that you go to? Um, I have a few. And for me, that's like pretty intentional. Mm -hmm. Like I am like you know having been on the other side of it you know i think people appreciate when you can kind of diversify mm -hmm. your unloading on yeah. yeah different people. people for different things yeah exactly mm -hmm. and i think that yeah and it can be for, like sick like cir circular cyclical, circular cyclical, cyclical, cyclical. Um, <laughs> in that you like today i'm i can unload topic a on mm -hmm. Lacey, but yeah. in tomorrow i'm gonna unload topic b on alexander but in a week from now it's gonna be reversed i'm gonna do yeah. topic a with you and topic b with her kind of thing mm -hmm. so. totally and totally. i think you also it's again it's about knowing your audience mm -hmm. right if you're struggling with uh certain i mean like for example for me 
everybody has triggers, right? And if you know your friend well enough, you know what their triggers are. Yeah. So say somebody's going through a, like a really tough breakup and you go to vent to them about this person that you like, yeah. maybe not yeah. the right audience. That's not it. Definitely or know, like, your, know your time. Yeah, or like you, you're you dealing with a friend who is grieving a loss of someone to go to them and talk about like, oh, my mom and I just got in a fight. Maybe yeah. not the best audience. Absolutely. You just have to kind of be a little aware of who you're 100%. talking to. I've been thinking about this actually a lot a lot a lot lately because mm -hmm. i think like as you get older you choose your friends a bit more for mm -hmm. the first time you know like mm -hmm. obviously like when you're growing up in school and we're playing sports or music and stuff like those are your friends because proximity like they have to be proximity stuff. for and sure so now it's like these are the first years of my life where mm -hmm. i'm like i get to be fully in control of who i spend my time with yeah. and stuff and i think one of the issues with that is like as you're growing up because you have these people that are mm -hmm. just like finite mm -hmm. objects in your in your life you expect everything out of everyone and mm -hmm. so i've been really trying to not do that with my friends mm -hmm. now and and if someone is not dependable um not being like well they're not a good friend mm -hmm. it's like maybe they're a good friend to grab lunch with right. you know once every oh, two weeks for you know, sure like, um just kind of like I think knowing what to expect from people can be such a powerful tool as far as maintaining relationships. There's a, uh, one of my friends told me this once, um, uh, like as I was going through uh, like a pretty serious breakup uh, mm -hmm. a couple years ago, um, people in your life, people, there are people in your life that are there for a reason or for a season. Like mm -hmm. I think like yeah, that to me is always that. something that I can go back to is like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm not really close with that person anymore, but they were in my life for a season and mm -hmm. like maybe yeah. also a reason at that point. But well, I think everyone's, totally everyone good. leaves an imprint in, in your life and impacts you in mm -hmm. some way, whether it's a long lasting thing or not. Yeah. Oh, I just kind of like Licked made it. out with it a little bit. <laughs> <Happens>. <laughs> so if you're listening, I Quarantine. meant the microphone, I guess, <laughs> not watching, but um, anyways, uh, what were we just talking about before I like licked the microphone? Um, a reason or what, a season. Yeah. Thank yeah, yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> um, yeah. So sometimes you have a person in your life that like they need to, that relationship needs to end and that door needs to close. And I think it's, especially when it comes to a relationship, it's really easy to like say, I'm completely like, I don't want to ever think about that person. I don't want to ever talk about that person. But like every person in your life, good or bad, is why you are who you are. Mm -hmm. yeah, so definitely. like, I don't think it's fair to fully just let some, I mean, like, yeah, it's okay if they're not in your life anymore, but you have to at least be aware that there is something that you get out of everything, whether it's a good lesson or, or a tough lesson, yeah. like everyone has something to offer you. Totally. And like you were saying, in, ter percent, yeah. in, in terms of like with, um, knowing whether or not like you're going to call the friend for, for lunch or whatever. Sometimes too, I think it's important to realize that like just as much as we can be in different places in our lives, highs and lows, so can other people. So sometimes Definitely. you can lean on somebody and sometimes that person might not be strong enough for you to lean on them. Totally. So 100%. At that moment. Yeah. At that and, moment. And, yeah. And so it's just, I think a lot of times people get really upset with you if you don't show up for them the way that they, it's again, it's the expectations. They get upset or we get upset, whoever it is, gets upset at their friend for not being what it is that they need in that moment and it's kind of back to the love languages right yeah. that person like you don't know even if you're really good friends with them you don't know what's happening inside you don't know why they're being that way so sometimes we do have to give them the benefit of the doubt and just communicate yeah 100 percent. i feel like we could talk for five hours. okay yeah i'll yeah. go into the last question <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't, like, don't want to stop but like it's also so like hard, yeah. if you're still listening like good for you because we yeah, we're, we, we can be, yeah, we keep going it. Yeah. i know it's great yeah last time yeah anyways we'll, we'll go forward um okay i have a fun one here 
What's something that doesn't cost anything, occurs naturally, and always makes you smile? So it's free and it's naturally occurring, but it's it makes free. you smile. It's naturally occurring. Free. What's tough thing to define, but I'll I'll roll with it. <laughs> um I mean sunshine. That's so Ooh, corny, that's a good but, answer. Uh, yeah. You know, I grew up in Chicago. Like I'm mm -hmm. not used to it just being nice beautiful every day. Yeah. And I've made a conscious effort to not kind of lose like when I go outside in the morning for the first time, I put my hands up every time. I'm like, Oh, I love here that. We go. Like another day, baby, let's go. Yeah. Um so yeah. And I think also rain puts a yeah. smile on my face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love I it makes love me rain. so grateful to be inside. Like mm -hmm. I was, living, really I was living in Austin for the last couple of years. We just moved out here and um, those thunderstorms there like are just, you just love mm -hmm. being Tremendous. in them because yeah. they're crazy mm -hmm. and super awesome fun. Also, there's something about rain that like for me takes kind of like the pressure off. I don't know mm -hmm. why, yeah. but if it's raining, I don't feel pressure to be productive. I like love you can that. stay in yeah. and watch 10 movies that day. Exactly. And okay. And it's okay. And uh -huh. I don't feel like this yeah. burden kind of like I, I that's also why I like going on planes. I feel like it's like free time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love totally. that. Totally. I, I think um, it's similar to camping, right? When you're there, there's yeah. no pressure. But exactly. the thing I like about rain is that I feel like it comes and it washes away, like it washes away the not only necessarily the dirt of the city, right? But like, I just feel like it's kind of a clean slate, just like cutting the ends of your hair. Yeah, it's just totally. Like a clean I, slate. I, I couldn't agree more. Cool. That was a good answer. Um, Ooh, we kind of already answered that one. So I'll probably listen back to this and be like, "You fucking said sunshine." Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, sunshine's it's, it literally is scientifically proven um, for that reason. My mom's yeah. been texting me, 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 and my girlfriend probably, I would say, upwards of 130 times in the last 48 hours about how important it is to like have vitamin D and like to go outside and be in the sun. So yeah. it really is. It, it's yeah. I it is. It's for your mental health. It's huge about yeah. that. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. What is your biggest fear? Biggest fear. And not like I don't mean like clowns, rational things. No, like mine's snakes. Like, so. <laughs> biggest fear. Um, I'm tremendously scared to die. Unbelievably scared. That is um, nine thousand percent mine too. But I think something that more like gets me down on a daily basis is like letting down people I love. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I'm just so terrified of doing yeah. that. Yeah. That's um, a lot of pressure. And I think a lot of times it's at the cost of like my own well-being. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always willing to like make sure somebody make sure somebody else is okay before I am for sure. A, a million percent. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it's toxic. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a difficult thing to kind of deal with because again it's like a balance like mm -hmm. you can't not be like that yeah. but to mm -hmm. totally be like that um i think in the end actually is to the detriment of everyone involved so oh yeah being uh, a people pleaser is hard because you're like you're saying to the detriment of everybody you i think what's hard for me to come to terms with is not everyone's gonna love me which yeah. makes I hate it. Not it's not that I just like want everyone to love me, but when your intentions are pure and you genuinely love everyone and like want to help everybody, when I think it's being misunderstood and not being able to feel like you're able to give everyone what they need. But that's like impossible. Totally. I think it also comes back to like what I was saying before about um knowing what to expect out of friends. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think that's a two-way street. I think it's also communication on your end of like saying like, hey, this, I don't have the bandwidth to be this person for yeah. you right now. You know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, be, I've I've chosen to be more intentional in that way with my friends. Like, 
if I like acknowledging the fact that like, Hey, like I can't give you what you're looking for right now. Like being able to do that myself was a huge step in like mm-hmm. my amazing. mental yeah. health journey for I'm sure. Still getting there. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah that's I'm, I, that's very, that's something I'm working on. Yeah. It's the, I think, I mean, I've, I've mentioned it a lot in other episodes and just in life, I talk about it all the time, the difference between taking something in and taking something on. Mm-hmm. You can you can understand what your friend is going through and be there for them, but there's a difference between that and like deciding to take on their worries for them because totally. you're not taking them away from them, but now you have them too. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not helping anyone. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting thing. For sure. Yeah, but it's a hard lesson to taking learn. In, taking on, yeah, that's amazing. That definitely kind of like defines it. Mm-hmm. That's definitely yeah, from a therapist way. in the past. That was good <laughs> advice. A smart therapist, yeah. or at least a smart piece of therapy. Yeah, <laughs> was, that was. I keep trying to make out with this microphone. Okay, next one. Um, oh, this is one of my favorite questions. I love this one. Some advice that you need to hear right now. Like, give yourself the advice that you wish someone would give you right now. Is so good. Some advice that I need to hear right now, mm-hmm. given to myself by myself. Um, I think you just got to uh, kind of know better when to put yourself first. Definitely connected mm-hmm. to kind of what we were talking about, and certainly something I think about. But just like, I wish I was better at like picking my spots, mm-hmm. you know, and. uh not trying to be everything all at once all the time. That's really good advice. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Which Great. is tough. Yeah. It's tough. hard. I mean, that's, I think, for me, with, like, the way I my brain works, often the most difficult part is that I can say that out loud and not do it. And that dissonance mm-hmm. is something that I, like, struggle with for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, knowing the answer to the test and still failing is just a horrible feeling. Yeah. You know? So, but we're all working on it. We're all mm-hmm. trying to get, yeah. all trying to get better here. But you're, you're so self-aware that I feel like you're on a... Yeah. yeah. It's just so much about the journey, too. It's just, mm-hmm. like, yeah. not about where, like, there's no end point in, like, mm-hmm. in your mental health journey and, like, your self-betterment betterment journey or any of that sort of stuff. It's just all about every day getting a little bit better. Yeah. And yeah. some days you're going to get a little bit worse, and, like, that's okay, too. Totally. Yeah. Two steps forward, I one think step the, back. Yeah, the biggest thing, one of the biggest things I realized over the past year or two is, like, and we were kind of talking about it a bit before is like some of my favorite things about myself are some of the worst things about mm-hmm. myself oftentimes. Like I think I'm actually super good at, um, you know, compartmentalizing things yeah. and stuff, which can be a tremendous skill sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then other times it, it can be so incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. And so, In what ways do you feel like it puts you in an overthinking? Um, I think it puts me, yeah, definitely. And also I think another piece of that is like, Sometimes I'm used to being able to compartmentalize stuff mm-hmm. and then not being able to mm-hmm. also sucks mm-hmm. because I'm like, why can't I just leave that yeah. in that room and mm-hmm. be in this room mm-hmm. and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, yeah, double-edged sword in that way. That's a good answer. Completely yeah. conflict with everything I just said. <laughs> no, I mean, and that's and that literally is like the human condition right there, yeah. right? I think all of us, I mean, I can speak for myself. I want to just freaking have it figured out. Like I want to have it figured out, all of it. I just want it all figured out, but I'm never going to have it all figured out. So every day I'm getting closer and like one day I might have it figured out, but like the world, not even just my life, but the world changes every Mm -hmm. second. So you have to, and that's just like, we just all have to evolve as humans. Every day we have to evolve and adapt as Mm -hmm. humans. And so like, 
it's, yeah, we're going to contradict ourselves. And some of the stuff we said today, we might not agree with in like a couple hours or a couple weeks or years. Definitely. So. Well, yeah. I think that, yeah, what you were just talking about is something I think about a lot. And, and I was talking about it before, as far as like, you have to love the journey of creating music mm-hmm. because everything else after is never going to live up to it. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. your expectation of what it will be. I think that goes for the same with like figuring it out. Like I want to like drop that. Like, yeah, like there's, it's not this destination mm-hmm. of like having it all figured out is such a mirage. Like every step you take, the goalpost is going to move back five feet. So today. true. So it's like, let's, at least for me, I'm like, I have to love figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to figure it out, right? You know, like, yeah. but you have I have to, to love more fall in the love of the process of becoming better and helping people, and because that stuff is the stuff that I will always be able to, yeah. you know, at least aspire to do. Hell yeah, that's so dope. Okay, this is our last one. Amazing. Well, we could I'll do be- this for hours. I'm I know we can. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, let's do it again. Sometime. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. the hard part about this podcast is like, so this is only the second one that I've co-hosted personally, mm-hmm. and I feel like. I'm so sad when these things end because, like, I want to be friends with you now. Like, yeah. I feel like, yeah, we're like well, hey, I think the, the best part too. is that you can, yeah. you can, you know, yeah. turn these cameras off and that's just do true. another episode. Oh, 100%. And I think that's the hard thing for me, too, is I get, I feel like we allow ourselves to get into these conversations with someone, and then at the end of it, you think, I don't like, I don't, I want to keep talking to yeah. you. Yeah. This totally. is wonderful. Totally. Um, but okay, the last question is always um, if you could tell the listeners and, and the viewers a way that they could make sure that their friends are okay. I feel like you gave a lot. Um, so if you want to mm. reiterate anything, that's fine. But yeah, just a way that they could make sure that their friends are okay. That's an amazing question. And there are obviously so many important ways to do that. And mm-hmm. I think that um, we were talking about it a bit, but I think really really focusing and honing in on your friends tells can be a tremendous asset as Mm -hmm. far as helping them like knowing like what way of them saying i'm fine means they're not fine and Mm -hmm. what way does and what way of them saying i don't want you to come means that they need some space and what way um means that they need you there Mm -hmm. you know you know as soon as possible sometimes um and i think the other side of that is i think uh we can all do better at asking for help yeah. as far as you were saying. Totally. I think yeah. it's a, I think um, helping someone, uh, especially specific to mental health is, is much more of a team game than I think people talk about. Um, so I think, you know, let's all just try and be better at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, I not like I started that super eloquently no. and then got progressively no, you're dumber very and dumber. Concise. But, no, you, but, that was very concise yeah. for sure. I think mine this week is, um, Something I've been really aware of recently is toxic positivity, Mm. right? And um, there's a time for positivity, obviously, Mm. all a lot of the time you want to be positive, but there's also a point in time where it becomes toxic. And that is normally when it has to do with dwindling down or diminishing the actual feelings at play and the actual circumstances of the situation. And I think sometimes we we resort to like positivity when we can't relate. And so being able to just admit that you can't relate, but asking the friend, like, what is it that you need from me right now? And trying to, to let them run that show because reverting to toxic positivity is just only going to make them feel not seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just, I mean, I think it's it's something that's really easy to do, but it also can be really damaging yeah, to the totally. person in the moment. 
Yeah, I love that. That's something I'm definitely actively working on myself. Yeah, me too. I mean, even trying to work on toxic positivity with myself. Mm -hmm. Totally, yeah. It's a great point too. Yeah. Mine's uh, probably to not just hear your friends, but listen Mm -hmm. to them. Because I could say that I'm going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. um, And sometimes it means come over. And sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't. So yeah. listen and don't just yeah. hear them. Yeah, kind of very if, important distinction yeah. for sure. Yeah. Since you guys both kind of mentioned that, do you feel like if you were the ones to say, oh, no, don't come over, would it be more annoying if the person just didn't come over and you needed them? Or it, would it be more annoying if they said, called you and said, like, are you, do you really, really, really not want me to come over? Because I will come over right now. Like, do you get what I'm asking? I think. Do you when it like when is it time to bother your friend, um, or do you feel like it's not a bother as long as you're clarifying it to be there for them? The second one, I think. Like, okay. I think yeah, I think yeah. the second one too. I think it better to err on that side. I think mm-hmm. there is a middle ground for sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, and it definitely is, of course, like case by case. Right. But yeah. I think better to to you know, try one more time. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. last night I, I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to do anything. So <clears throat> if somebody would have called me and said like, like, do you really not want to do anything? Do you really not want me to come over? I would mm-hmm. be like, yeah, just like, I want to fucking play video games tonight. Right. And, like do my own thing. So yeah. like, sometimes totally. I do want to be alone, mm-hmm. but other times I would yeah. say like, yeah, let's you know, have a beer or whatever. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Well, dang it. Yeah. For real. I don't want to Dang go. it for real. <laughs> we can continue this in the parking lot. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, bye to you guys. Let's keep this going. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, last yeah. thing. Um, shameless plug. Shameless plug, plug. Plug all the plugs. Who are you? Uh, I'm Alexander23. You can find me anywhere at Alexander23, LOL. <laughs> I know. Um, I love that. That's so good. I don't have anything specific to plug right now, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, I make music and music videos and, and soon to be coffee shit like that. Soon to be coffee, working on a bunch of cool little other things. And uh, yeah, I'd love to be there for you from afar. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys for having great. me. This is this has been incredible. Seriously. <laughs>